This is Voices of Research. I am Mikael Tristadius, and you are listening to Radio Moreni. So, welcome back, and today we have Thomas Olsson. Yes. So, you are a native Finn, but where from Finland do you come from? Well, actually, I was born in Sweden originally, so there is a bit of a kind of internationality here. So we moved when I was a bit less than three to Finland with my family. And then I, I was in Pori for, let's say, 15 years until I moved to Tampere to study. What did you study? At the university. Mm. Well, I started in, in computer science, so... Kind of well at the, at the time there was this kind of broad computer science program, and I was mainly directed towards software engineering and these kind of things like usability of user interfaces. So it took me a few years before I kind of found my path or my kind of passion, which was kind of the software side of software engineering. So the user centric perspectives to that. University. Which one was it? Was it this one where you are currently working? Well, not this one. It was called Tampere University of Technology at the time, of course. So it was the Hervanta campus. I moved to this campus actually in 2017 when I got an associate professor position at the former University of Tampere. So I've been in all the kind of three universities in Tampere. So the technical one and the good old University of Tampere and now the new one. When you chose to study here, what what was the reason? Why did you pick Tampere? Honestly, I think I, I applied to Turku as well to study physics, uh, and I got in even. But then I think I chose it largely because of Tekkari culture. So the technical <laughs> students' culture, knowing the the Tampi Vappu magazine, first of May magazine, and this kind of funny things that they tend to do. This I don't know what they are called in English. This Jäynät these kind of practical jokes in general public, what they tend to do, and, and generally the culture somehow appealed to me. And I think I didn't have any any friends or kind of people who I would know very well who had been studied there. But nevertheless, I had a kind of a positive understanding of what it might be. And then I maybe felt as well that it's perhaps broad enough that it opens me a lot of different doors or different kind of paths for the professional life because I wasn't maybe sure that I want to do this or that in particular when I grow up so to say. <laughs> well what about your career as a researcher? As you said you didn't really you weren't that sure what to mm. do. How did you how did you become a researcher? <laughs> this probably wasn't that planned or was it? Yeah, oh yeah, that's a correct interpretation. It was not planned, so it was quite coincidental or kind of, uh, I don't know, whether it was destiny or some sort of a <laughs> random chance. So there was an uh, announcement for a master's thesis worker, I think that was in 2006, and which I applied to, but I wasn't first selected to that. But quite soon after that, the professor called me that, oh, we have another project that you could maybe be even a better fit to. And and would you like to start your master's thesis in this project? And it was together with Nokia Research Center, which was kind of very famous and well-respected at that time, (laughs) especially. So yeah, then I said yes. And somehow I'm still on the same path that (laughs) I never, 
of course, I've been thinking about alternative career paths. And of course, I have a lot of friends who are working in, for example, software companies and these kind of digital agencies like Gofore and Solita and these big names that many people probably know. And I've always seen that side of the kind of the industry side of software business and what was several times tempted to jump to that side, but somehow many small things have kind of kept me here on, in the academic side. So what was that first project, let's say, you got into? What was it about, mm. like the topic? So it was before Facebook and all these social medias, and we were studying digital life memories together with Nokia Research. So how could you kind of create and share memories in the digital world. So kind of different kind of content, so photos, videos, whatever you would produce at that time, so 2006, and how people kind of work with them and what kind of practices there are. So it was basically research about users and, and use of technology rather than the development of such kind of applications. And Nokia Research, I suppose they were very interested in this kind of human-centric aspects and this kind of user experience of doing all these kind of things. So that was my thesis project and it basically resulted in a few papers, which was probably one of the reasons I'm still here <laughs> in the academia. So it was kind of successful and I found it really inspiring and fun and there was good colleagues. So that's the story in short. It sounds interesting that you kind of studied social media before it actually was even a thing kind of, and yes. then <laughs> and then it later on became a really huge thing mm. were you surprised that this kind of happened social media became a thing they kind of were studying mm. it before it happened that's a good question <clears throat> i maybe never thought about it in that way so I, I wouldn't maybe call that we studied social media per se. It was more about social behavior around digital content like photos and, and such. And these services like what Facebook and later Twitter and all of these. It, in the early days, I didn't think that they were about the same thing that we studied, actually. It was more about like Facebook at early times. It was just about, okay, this and that person did this and that. So it was telling about yourself in the third persona, right? Remember that still? So. Thomas was at this and that place. So you had to kind of, it was a bit awkward maybe to <laughs> post and it was text-based mainly in the beginning. So these visual elements of photos and other stuff were not there that heavily in the early days. But now that you said it like that, I could have seen a more <laughs> clear connection for sure. Well, to the subject at hand then, your research. As far as I know, you work with new social research. Mm. What is that about? Well, that is a, this kind of an organizational unit or it's a profiling program. So funded by Academy of Finland a few years back, actually close to five years back already that it started. So it's brought different kind of people interested in social sciences together to this kind of a new profiling program. And that's where I started. And I was the kind of black sheep of that group in the sense that I was the only with an engineering or technological background. The others were or are still really like sociologists, philosophers, political scientists, and these kind of really true social sciences. And that has been in a sense a family or peer community for me during my kind of tenure track professor career. So kind of growing 
to become a real professor <laughs> in the end. So uh, and most of the others are at the same career stage as I am. So it's been a very important peer community to learn from and also get a lot of inspiration in terms of doing research, kind of new methods and new concepts for sure, bringing a lot of this kind of more critical thinking because having an engineering or software design background, we often tend to be kind of, let's say, not that critical always, but we maybe should be. So learning this kind of critical thinking from social scientists has been really, really inspiring and, and helpful, I hope, in the long term. One of your current projects is EmoDim, however you want to pronounce it, Emotions in Digital Media. Could you tell me more about that one? Well, in that project we indeed try to, first of all, understand what kind of role does emotions play in various kinds of digital media. Well, we have been focusing on news commenting online mainly. So there's of course many other kinds of digital media and you could consider Facebook as one for sure. And we see that there's a lot of this kind of emotional processes ongoing when, for example, commenting news. So people might get anxious or they might disagree with the content in the news article or they might disagree with some of the other earlier commenters. So they kind of tend to develop into this kind of threads of discussion and even debate. And we then try to understand that how could this kind of discussion in a public online forum, like especially related to news media, so Helsingin Sanomat or Aamulehti or whatnot, so, because there's a lot of discussion about whether the current discussion culture there is kind of healthy or not. Could it be made more somehow appropriate and kind of socially acceptable, the discussion? So there's some sort of uncivility. There's a lot of kind of tensions, bad use of language, even hate speech and these kind of phenomena exist in also in that part of the internet. So we try to understand that why does this happen and what kind of role emotions play in that. And that kind of part of the understanding the emotional processes, that's really the part that another research group led by Professor Veikko Surakka, they are working on that. Of course, we are doing a lot of collaboration there. But what is more in our research group's kind of agenda is to rethink how do we kind of allow and enable the discussion on these websites. So what kind of mechanisms in the user interface, for example, there are and how do those shape the discussion? How do they maybe incentivize certain kind of discussion or behavior? How do they maybe afford or enable certain kind of discussion? So it's a kind of trying to rethink and redesign how we currently design the kind of the platforms and kind of the, <laughs> so to say, well, you could call them platforms indeed for discussion online. Yeah, I've read media articles and when you finish the article, you always scroll to the comments and <laughs> it's actually pretty sad to see how verbally violent they can get mm. over even the smallest of topics. And people just kind of seem to forget that they're actually speaking, well, writing text to other people. And I don't really get why it's it's kind of sad sad to see that happen i mean i would get it if there would be really heated and illogical conversations let's say on the webpage of ilvasanomat 
<laughs> but maybe even Helsingin Sanomat is supposed to be a really appropriate and somewhat more I'm civil, maybe. C- civil maybe. Let's go with that, more of that kind of paper. It's it's really similar even there. Mm. Do you think that anonymity has something to do with that people kind of let loose and say whatever they want and they don't actually even care if they have logic in what they mm. say? Yeah, most likely it has a strong effect there. And there's a lot of research about that and some platforms or news sites, they prefer to require some sort of a logging or at least have some sort of a user name, kind of a pseudonym for yourself or for the commenters. That might help, but that's not maybe the only problem that there is. Of course, there's a lot of, or maybe not a lot, but some people are intentionally trying to kind of be the trolls of the discussion, just kind of trying to shake things up and somehow disturb. But then there's a lot of these kind of processes which we don't really understand quite yet that how do these kind of discussions that start maybe quite okay or in a civil manner, but then they evolve towards some sort of a debate and there's a lot of conflicts involved and heated discussion as you just said. So there's probably something like this, some other elements of the discussion that takes place through this kind of mediated or is mediated by nature. So there's this kind of very uh, narrow channel of discussing through text without really seeing the other people's faces or really knowing who they are. So you don't really know who you are talking with. So understanding those processes and how emotions kind of evolve collectively in those situations. That's one of the main aims of the project. And we... uh, I cannot now think of a good term in English for this, but we often talk about this kind of tempautuminen. So people kind of drift towards or they get kind pulled of, in. Yeah, get pulled into that heated discussion and then it becomes like a vicious cycle that somebody is a bit, say something in a bit more angry tone maybe, and then the others respond in the same manner. And there is really no like external facilitator who would kind of come and somehow intervene typically while there's moderators who can simply just like say that okay this message will be discarded it will not be published but really there would be need for a bit more kind of active role in terms of facilitating or somehow guiding or helping the discussion to be more uh, civil (laughs) of course that is something that you can also criticize that okay do we just want all public discussion to be like very civil and rational. I mean, these ideals of what researchers typically have, everything being maximally rational, because of course you shouldn't always approach things just kind of non-emotionally or bluntly in terms of like rationality. But of course you should allow emotions to be there, but still at the same time there is this detrimental effects or the kind of behaviors that we would like to get rid of. I mean, not we as researchers, but the society in general. Most people would like to get rid of some kinds of comments. And those are typically those that kind of involve too hateful language, for example. So there's a lot of tensions there, and it's really hard to find or identify what is the optimum, really. So what is the aim for these, we think about design interventions, so what kind of user interface designs could maybe help in this regard. So it's really hard to kind of say that, okay, this is the ideal that we are driving towards or we are aiming at. 
and then we just kind of make measurements like what researchers do. We would measure that, okay, what is the current stage of the discussion and how far is it from the ideal that we have set. But since there is no clear ideal or it's a kind of a evolving thing because the society and the culture evolves, that makes it extra interesting and <laughs> challenging. Do you have any other current projects going on at the moment? Yeah, there's a few projects. If I just quickly list them, uh, one is about artificial intelligence and how that could be designed in more human-centered manner. And it kind of concerns uh, with the ethics of artificial intelligence, for example. These things like fairness and transparency of the decisions that artificial intelligence might do and, and so on. How, how could we make AI, which still doesn't quite really exist, although there's a lot of hype about it, how could we make it more sustainable and kind of ethical in a way? And then we have another project which looks into the remote work now during the COVID pandemic. So it's we have some business Finland funding for that and we intend to use that to build actual kind of long-term research projects. So this is only for six months. But anyway, we have gathered a lot of data about how people have kind of managed their kind of, for example, work-life balance or how do they use different kind of uh, remote collaboration technologies. Uh, how do they keep in contact with other colleagues at their organizations and so on. So we have run a lot of online surveys to understand, especially the early reactions that people had a year ago in March, April and May. We ran three surveys back then and now we have been analyzing those quite recently. What kind of a future do you see for your research topics? Oh, that's a big question. <laughs> I should not have asked that at the last <laughs> month. <laughs> yeah, well, in general, I would say that my profile is about kind of trying to understand the intersection of social behavior and information technology. So how does kind of information technology somehow shape and maybe set certain kind of conditions for how do we behave socially? and what kind of, for example, social ties we form. And then at the same time, of course, there's various social processes like the design practices and software engineering practices that then affect how do the technologies kind of evolve and how do they turn out to be in the end. So this kind of an interesting intersection of social sciences and information technology development. And I think that's, of course, a broad area to explore and I've had a number of kind of topics that we've been looking into that. Let's not list all of them maybe here, but I think that's kind of offers an interesting playing ground for our research group to work on those. But um, about the future work or future directions. Well, one for sure, thinking about the methodology of doing research, doing kind of real life experiments would be the kind of ultimate approach that you want to try in the end. So. We have a lot of alternative designs for new user interfaces that we have kind of come up with and created prototypes of them. So really putting those into practice in some real context, like Helsingin Sanomat, Ilta Sanomat, whichever news site, or just even a very small scale, some sort of a setup for people to then try them out. And we would really then measure that how do they maybe affect these social processes and how do they affect people's emotional regulation, how do they kind of moderate and, and manage their personal emotions. And then being able to measure those with various ways through maybe this kind of 
psychophysiological measurements, like having sensors in your head or body, as well as different kind of surveys and kind of qualitative questions interviewing to understand whether they actually made any difference. So we can only speculate before doing that. But at the same time, arranging this in a practical sense is of course very, very hard in terms of practicalities. Who or which media house or company would be interested in bringing new kind of discussion platform that is still kind of a prototype. It's not maybe kind of commercially ready as the current ones are. Who would really be interested in kind of opening up there <laughs> or experimenting with their current platforms? That's of course a practical challenge and if there would be some of, some of the listeners here maybe willing to try something out or kind of experiment with these things, I mean the discussion platform, we would be really most happy to kind of think of possible collaboration there. Thank you for coming over here today, Thomas Olsen. Thank you very much, it was a pleasure.